Today we'll be in Ephesians chapter 1, continuing our little journey through this chapter. I figure next week, I won't be here the last week in um, June, Brother Jim Bird will be here. Um, But I'm hoping next week to finish Ephesians chapter 1 so that when I come back in July we'll start somewhere new. So... But Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to look today at four verses, Lord willing, verses 15 to 18. And the name of the message today is Faith and Love, Faith and Love. Ephesians 1.15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So the first verse here before us says, Wherefore I also heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Someone was bragging to Paul about the saints at Ephesus. Someone was telling Paul about their faith in Christ and their love to all the saints. What kind of reports came to Paul about this church in Ephesus? Well, Nothing's mentioned about the numbers, right? Nothing's mentioned about how many people attend their church. That's a question all preachers, all grace preachers, how many people attend your church? My answer is as many as God ordained for that day. That's the answer. As many as God's ordained. That's, we don't worry about numbers. But here in the text, we don't, we don't see them Say asking or, or bragging about how big the church was and how many people attend. And we don't say, we don't see, we also don't see them getting caught up in, in um, how big the building was either. Where you meet. They probably met in homes. They probably met in homes. And think of this, whether you're preaching to one or a thousand the message that we preach doesn't change. Whether we preach to one of God's sheep or a thousand of God's sheep, it's the same message. It's the same message. We don't get caught up in things that other folks get caught up in. We, we have one commission from the Lord. One commission to preach Christ and Him crucified. That's it. That's our commission. So Paul has heard of their faith. Of their faith in who? Who's the object of their faith? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and their love to all the saints. And what does he do? He rejoices. He's rejoicing. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.26 Therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 Love springs out of faith. Love springs out of faith. If a person doesn't love the brethren, 
I've got some serious doubts about them. If they're prating against the brethren all the time, I've got some serious doubts about them, beloved. Because Scripture time and time again declares, we love the brethren. And see again, love springs out of faith. Love springs out of faith. It's a product of faith. It's a, it's a, it, it's natural. It's like breathing air. It's a gift from God, and so Paul rejoices that God, the Holy Spirit, has done a work among them, and more so in them. In them, because this love for the brethren is not natural. I know. I used to sit before the Lord saved me with my family members and rail on born-again Christians. It was horrible what we used to say. But look, I'm born again. God saved me. How I love the brethren. There's nobody else I want to be around. Is it so with you? No one else we'd rather be with than be here with God's people. eh? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So love springs out of faith. It springs out of faith. And these two things, they thrilled Paul's soul. And he prays for the brethren. You know that before the Lord called me here, before I even knew that, that you guys were considering me, that I had been told by other grace preachers, and I think I've talked to John about this, I was told by other grace preachers, and this is not to vault you all up, about your love for the brethren and your faith in Christ. How that you guys just love the gospel. Now I get to see it for myself. It's incredible. And I rejoice because we have a... Believers love the brethren. Now we can get angry and bent out of shape sometimes for a while and it happens, it happens. But if, if it's, it's not a constant thing. Over time it'll diminish... Because our love for the brethren is, is more important than anything else. And, and here it's tied together, right? Paul's rejoicing when he heard of their faith in Christ Jesus and their love to all the saints, not just the ones they get along with all the time, but all of them, beloved. Drew and I were talking about that last night as preachers. We were just talking about how, how some of the brethren don't get along. Well... You still love them, though, don't you? Because we're called to. We're called to love. We're called. That's what we're called to do, to love one another. Oh. And all the glory goes to the Lord, doesn't it? Because he is the one who's made us to differ. He's the one who's made each one of us who believe to differ. We can't take any credit, and we don't want to. He gets all the glory. All the glory. So Paul says to the Ephesian believers that he's heard, it's being reported to him, that they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that they love all the saints. And what the, He's rejoicing. He's rejoicing over this. If you hear the Lord say someone, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice, it's a great thing. The Lord has done a work. It's his doing. We ought to rejoice. We ought to rejoice. Turn, if you would, to John 3. Verse 36. And keep in mind what we hear, what we read here too also. Wherefore I also heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What's required? 
What's required for salvation? Well, John 3.36 makes it really plain and really, really open to what it is. Look at John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son, what? Hath everlasting. There it is. There it is. So that verse, and then look how it continues, right? It says, it says, And he that believeth not, the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So these folks that say that, well, he was a good person, he's in heaven. No. If they didn't believe on Christ, they're not in heaven. Only the people who believe on Christ, who trust in Christ, who rest in Christ, who being granted faith, shall be saved. But look, at, but look at what the text does say, and we can rejoice. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And tie that in with our text. Wherefore I also heard, where, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? They believed, beloved. They believed on Christ. He was the object of their faith. He was the anchor of their soul. He's their only hope. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. What a precious truth for the believer. What a, sure, what a nail in a sure place. Christ. Christ. Our great King. Oh, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints. And this makes Paul rejoice. The faith of God's elect, which is the Spirit's work, and has the Lord Jesus Christ for his object, is a great source of of rejoicing for God's people, especially when we hear that the Lord saved someone. Oh, it's wonderful. So faith and love, beloved, are inseparable, right? They're inseparable. If you have faith, you're going to love God's people. You're going right? to. Like I say, you know, we have different personalities too, so remember that. But, but we're going to love. We're going to love one another. We are. We're going to love. We are. It's incredible. It's, and, and think of this. Faith is the cause of our love for the brethren. Faith is the cause of our love for the brethren. Those who have faith will love the brethren. As I said, they go hand in hand. And hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. This love is not natural. But it's given to us, beloved. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful because it all focuses and finds its center in Christ. It's all in Him. It's in Him. And it's given to us by the Holy Ghost. Oh, it makes us rejoice. Salvation is of the, of the Lord. And think of this. Love is evidence of faith. Love for the brethren is evidence of our faith. It gives us assurance because we love the brethren. It's evidence that the Lord has granted us faith. See, like I told you before, when I was sitting at the table, I didn't love the brethren, did I? With my family. I didn't even really know who I was even talking about. Now I know. <laughs> and I rejoice. And I rejoice. As I said, there's no one we'd rather be with than God's people. And look at our next verse. When true conversion, true faith in Christ, with true conversion and true faith in Christ comes true love for the brethren. But look at what Paul says in verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, mention of you in my prayers. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. 
Paul rejoices that the saints in Ephesus have been granted faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that they have a genuine love for all the saints. And he gives thanks to God for them. And we've looked at our Colossians study. Here's a total tie-in with what we, what we see here. You know, he mentions, now Paul in, in Ephesians 1.16, it says he, he mentions them in his prayers. He lifts up his heart to God in thanksgiving and praise for the Ephesian brethren. He lifts up and he gives God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Now look in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Look at this. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. They go hand in hand, beloved. They go hand in hand. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? Look at this. Which is come unto you. The gospel comes to us. We don't seek Christ. He seeks us. What a marvelous verse. Which has come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit. It brings forth fruit in God's elect. Because the Holy Spirit regenerates us. Born again. As it doth also in you since the day you heard it. Right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And knew the grace of God and truth. You gnosca. You know something that you didn't know before. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who declared unto us, again, your love in the Spirit. So faith and love are, are, are intermingled. If you have faith, you have love for the brethren. And Paul prays and gives thanks to God for the work which, which the Holy Spirit has done in them. Think of this, they would never have believed in God had God not granted them faith. And, and every one of us can say that, eh? I can say that. I would never have believed in God if God had not given me faith to believe in him. What a gift. What a gift. They, and think of this. They never would have had love for the brethren had God not granted them faith. And so who gets all the glory, beloved? God. He gets all the glory. And he says, Cease not to give thanks for you mentioning of you in my prayers. Psalm 115 1 says this, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Not unto us. We don't want the glory. We don't want the glory. Turn, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Salvation and conversion is all the work of God. He saves us. And what? We rejoice in his mercy and goodness to all the saints. To all the saints. So we see that praise and thanksgiving spring out of a redeemed heart, right? Praise and thanksgiving spring out of a redeemed heart, giving God all the glory. When we hear of others who have been saved, we rejoice. God has saved them. God did it. The Lord saved me. <laughs> when, I was, when I was an Armenian and lost and didn't know Christ, I used to say, I made a decision for Christ. And after the Lord showed me grace, I said, the Lord saved me. 
the Lord, because he did it. He did it all. He did it all, beloved. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 13 and 14. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning, from, from eternity, chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you, right? He calls you. Effectual calling by the gospel being preached. He called you by our gospel. We're all saved by the same gospel, aren't we? But it's ours. <laughs> it's ours, beloved. To the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, so praise and thanksgiving spring out of a redeemed heart. Oh. Here's a question for you. Have you ever had God lay someone on your heart? You'd be, you'd be going through your day and the Lord just lays someone on your heart. And you start praying for them. You don't know why. But you just start praying for them. Maybe they're going through something. And the Lord's having you pray for them. Oh, we ought to pray for one another. And please pray for the ministry here. Please. Please. That God would be glorified. That he would be magnified and lifted up. Prayer is us crying out to God from the, from the heart. And Paul thanks God for what he has done in the saints granting them faith in Christ Jesus and love for the brethren, giving them love for the brethren. Let's look at verse 17. He says that the, God of the, that, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and a knowledge of him. In verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of of the glory of his inheritance in, in the saints. So here is a glimpse into what Paul prays for our Ephesian brothers. The brethren here at Ephesus, they already knew Christ, right? Because scripture declares that. They already knew Christ. He had revealed himself to them in a saving knowledge and, and they believed on Christ and, and scripture says they had a love for the brethren. But Paul here prays for an increase in knowledge for the brethren at Ephesus. Turn, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 2, or chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 17 and 18. Now only the Holy Spirit can give us an increase of who Christ is, right? By studying his word, he illuminates the scripture. By, by hearing gospel messages, he teaches us and guides us. And we grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also put your finger in John 16 as well. I'm sorry. So 2 Peter chapter 3 and John 16. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And he will teach us through the preaching of Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest... Ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace. Do you know that when you grow in grace, that you don't see yourself getting better? Here's an illustration. I think you guys have heard it. It's worth repeating. No, I called Donnie Bell one time, and I said, Brother Donnie, I'm getting worse instead of better. I see myself as more and more of a sinner. And he chuckled and said, 
You're growing in grace, brother. Do you remember Paul? He said, I'm the least of all, all the, uh, the apostles and the, the saints. And then at the end of his life, though, I'm Jesus Sinners. <laughs> oh, my. And that's what, as, as we study the Word, as we hear about Christ, we, we realize more and more what He's redeemed us from and what we are and who He is. Oh, what a Savior. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then, again, Paul, to Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Paul doesn't want none of the glory. He doesn't want, the, he doesn't want any of the saints. And Peter doesn't want it. This is Peter. He doesn't want any of the glory either. Give it all to God. Give it all to God. He gets it all. And then turn to John 16. The Holy Spirit will teach us about Christ. He'll guide us into all truth. Look at John 16, verse 13 and 14. How abate when he, the Spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. All truth, beloved. He's our teacher. He, he's the one. This is why we pray, Oh Lord, illuminate the scriptures, or else we won't see nothing. For he shall not speak of himself. Now there's whole movements out there based upon the Holy Spirit. Right? You get in that charismatic movement, and that's all they talk about. But scripture here says he'll not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. And this is our great king speaking. This is our master. Here glorify Christ. Here magnify Christ. For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. And he does that, beloved, through the reading of the word, through the preaching of the word. He teaches us. And this Bible right here, this is our final authority. Not what man says. Not what man says about it. No matter who it is, if it doesn't agree with this word, we don't believe it. Right? We're like, and we, we, we're to be like the Bereans. And I want you, when I'm preaching, I want you. Go home and search it out. See if it's true. That's, that's how we are to be. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 17. The book is, a, the Bible is our final authority and not man. And listen to what a man preaches and measure it by this precious word. Measure it by what this word says. Because this is where all truth is, right here. All truth, right here. Look at Acts chapter 17, verses 10 and 11. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, what? And search the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Search the scriptures daily whether these things were so. So listen to what a man preaches. By, measure it by this precious word. Who gets the glory? The preacher or God? Who gets the glory? Grace preachers, we want to give God all the glory. All of it. All of it. And turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2, or verses, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry, 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 to 11. Paul desired that God would give them wisdom and knowledge. And look in 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, now think of this, beloved. Now we have some loved ones who are in heaven. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Oh, my. Oh, oh I remember old missionary used to say, it's not death to die. And I can see that in this verse. But God hath revealed unto that un- Revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. He teaches us. He is the one who must give us knowledge and understanding and revelation. Paul says, I'll pray for you. I pray for you. Oh, pray for me too. We all need prayer, don't we? We all need it. Oh, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we may know what is the hope of his calling. Let's look at verse 18 now. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Our eyes are darkened by nature. Darkened. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Paul prays that their understanding would be enlightened. That they might see the sinfulness of sin. That they might see the sinfulness of sin. That they might see the insufficiency of their own righteousness and works for salvation. And that they might see the beauty. The beauty. And suitable. how How Christ is suitable to be our Savior. And our Redeemer. And our Lord. The natural man's in darkness. He sees nothing. And all of us can say we were there. Just think back of how we were. I didn't know anything. And as I said, I don't know much even now, but I know that Christ is my Savior and that Christ is my Redeemer. Oh, and that He purchased my eternal soul on Calvary's tree. And I rejoice. I know that he is, he is wonderful and glorious. That you might know what is the hope of your calling. Beloved, we have a hope laid up for us in heaven that I had not seen. <laughs> oh, it's not entered into our heart how wonderful that inheritance is. For the hope which is laid up in, for you in heaven wherever you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, Colossians 1.5. We have a hope, one that we never had before. We were hopeless before. Now we have hope. And it's not in anything we do, is it? It's not in anything we do. It's all in Christ. It's all in what He's done. But we have a hope, an inheritance, an inheritance. 
Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. I'd just like us to look at this verse. I saw this last night. I had never saw it before. You know, it's just amazing how things just, it just, when you're studying and something just comes alive. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 5, probably read it a hundred times, never, never saw this. But look at this. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Not by the law. Not by a checklist. Right? Not by anything we do. The hope of righteousness by faith. It's all in Christ, beloved. It's all in Him. We are justified by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ. So if anybody comes up to you and tells you you have to live a certain way, or have, now we want to, right? <laughs> but, but you have to follow their little checklist that they pull out. Say, well, if you don't follow all these things, then you're not saved. You say, well, you just take them to Romans and say, it's God that justifieth me. Who can lay any charge against God's elect? For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith, not by works of the law, not by any observance of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus, born again of the Holy Spirit of God. Back to our text, it says in the latter part, in what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the riches of his glory, abundant mercy, abundant love, the riches of his grace, superabounding in Christ, it says of his of God is the Father of this inheritance which is given to the saints. Men give inheritance to their loved ones. So God is the God of all glory. And the Father of glory gives a glorious inheritance to his people. It's his to give to whomever he pleases. And he gives it to the ones he's loved from eternity in Christ. And it says inheritance. Heaven is called an inheritance. The believer's title to it is only in Christ. We're adopted and made heirs of God. And we saw that in verse 5 of this chapter. It's an eternal inheritance, beloved. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 9 and we're close with this. It's an eternal inheritance and it's only in and through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Hebrews 9.15 And for this cause He is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. And it's only in Christ. The saints are qualified for heaven in Christ, in him alone. Glory to his name.